everyone. Welcome to another episode of Babylon with Babel. I'm your host, Babel, and I feel so much better than I did when I did my first episode. So that is great. Praise God. I was today going to talk about Genesis, but instead I am going to talk more about who I am, why I'm doing this, and why you guys should even listen to me to begin with. Because most of my listeners as of right now are people who know me in real life and they kind of already know who I am and everything that I've learned and done and all these other things. So yeah, they're, they're probably gonna listen to me, but anyone who doesn't know me, all the strangers, and by all, I mean out of the 18 people who've listened to my first podcast, maybe one or two of you have never met me before. I had a friend who listened to my first podcast and he he's a uh, journalist major and he went over some things that practically he felt would be better for me to do and one of those things and it was his his primary I don't want to say primary but one of the things that he he had mentioned and at least for me it made it made a lot of sense for me to go ahead and, and do this if I'm a new listener and I've never met you and know who you are and, and why you think the, the way that you think and what you believe and all these other different things and you just right off the bat start talking about demonic oppression which again I feel the Lord led me to, to talk about that but he makes a valid point about you know not really trusting me as a speaker when it comes to the things in the Bible so gonna talk about that for a little bit and give you guys a little bit of a insight into who I am and what I've been through and what I believe and possibly why you should even listen to me to begin with. So let's get started. I wasn't raised in a Christian household. When I was really young, my father passed away. And at the time, my family, my mom, my mother, my father were Irish Catholic. And at that time, she wasn't a confirmed Catholic. She hadn't done the process of becoming confirmed. Well, after my father died, she obviously tried reaching out to the church for her spiritual help, uh, spiritual guidance, emotional help, emotional support, mental support. Uh, I, I mean, her, her husband just died and she's left with a two-year-old. I had just turned two before my father passed away, literally three days, uh, three days after I had turned two years old, my father passed away. And instead of helping my mother, instead of helping her, they turned her away and said, well, because you're not a confirmed Catholic, we're not going to help you. And I'm paraphrasing. I, that's basically what they told her is, hey, look, you're not confirmed. We're not going to help you, which flies in the face of what God and what the Bible says biblical religion is. Biblical religion defined by what God says in scripture, religion, just so you, and a little, little thing here, religion is the real version of religion is this, to help the orphans and the widows. That's what religion is. So when people say that Christianity is a religion, uh, they are missing like 99% of what Christianity really is. Because, again, religion, in God's eyes, is the work of helping the orphans and helping the widows. And technically, technically, by a biblical definition, I am an orphan. 
no, my mother did not die as well. And I wasn't orphaned in the sense of what we understand orphans are. But an orphan, especially in that culture and at that time, was anyone where their father died, right? When, before they became a man, their father died. That is technically an orphan, okay? Culturally, in, uh, at that time, in, in, in scripture, those are people who their fathers have died at a young age, right? They can still have their mother, but they're orphans, okay? Because of this, it really put a bad, well, really a bad taste in my mother's mouth for religion and what the world says religion is. And so she just said, she basically threw up her hands, you know, held her hands up and said, you know what, I'm done with all this and walked away. Well, years go by and I struggled a lot with uh, being bullied. I had also a really bad time bullying others when I was really, really, really young, you know, two, three, four years old because I had so much anger inside of me because my dad died. So that whole thing started and then years going by, I'd say when I was probably around eight, eight, nine, ten years old, you know, it really, really pretty young. I'm basically a child. Actually, <laughs> basically a child. I was a child. I, I was horribly depressed. I didn't realize it at the time, but I had thoughts of suicide. I didn't directly think, oh, I should kill myself. But I did have thoughts of, wow, I would just be better off dead. I mean, if that's if those aren't thoughts of suicide or, or just thoughts of, or should say, if that doesn't lead to thoughts of suicide, I don't know what does. And I struggled with thoughts of, real thoughts of suicide well, well over a decade. Oh, yeah, well, more actually more like, more like two decades. Yeah, two decades of self-loathing, self-hatred, wishing I was dead. When I got to around, you know, 12, 13 years old, that's when the real thoughts of, like, suicide, like I should just kill myself, really started kicking. But what didn't help is I had other students, other kids my age telling me that I was I was a useless piece of garbage. They And mind you, they used more colorful language, but I'm not, obviously, I'm not going to say those words. But trust me, when I say they use more colorful language, they definitely use more colorful language. So you let, let your imagination uh, do that for you. But they told me, you know, you're a useless piece of garbage. You're, you won't amount to anything. You should just do us all a favor and go home and kill yourself. And I mean, I was 10, 11 years old. And th this wasn't and th this wasn't like one kid, that one jerk. This, this was the entire class. This every day, every single day, this is what happened to me. But I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm again. I don't. I'm not getting into that bit of it. So all that happened, and then at one point we went ahead and moved, and we came to here. I'm not going to disclose where here is, but we moved here to a new place, and best decision we ever made. So when we moved here, my mom started to kind of really get deep into the more religious aspect of Christianity and less of the relationship aspect of Christianity, where it was solely mainly based on works and, you know, oh, well, you, 
you can't do this because of this and and it wasn't it, it was more of a obligation and more of a well because my mom told me to thing and which which that in turn put a bad taste in my mouth and mind you and I'm backtracking a little bit here but as I was growing up I knew that there had to be a god that 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 there had to be a creator all of this and when I say all of this, I mean everything around us, the Earth, the, the solar system, our galaxy, our universe, everything. Everything as great and small as it is, could just it, it just couldn't exist without something creating it and making sure that it works within harmony of everything else. So really, I was agnostic growing up. And because I, I didn't know, I mean, I was like, well, there has to be something that created this. I just don't know if it's this Jesus that everyone keeps talking about. Right? Sound, sound about right for some of you who may be listening. So, and, and, and of course, it, it's because of the, the love of science that I have in my heart that made me appreciate God all the more. So we moved up here and originally we had moved here for high school. The education system where we were from is horrible and it sucks. So we, we moved here and again, probably the best decision we ever made. But at one point in time, we started going to a church. I screwed up a lot growing up. I screwed up big time. I made a lot of dumb decisions, rash decisions. And I, I was relative, I was relatively, quote, good in high school. I really didn't do anything bad until, like, my senior year. I still, again, I still did stuff I shouldn't have done. But it really wasn't, it, it really didn't get bad until my senior year, of, until my senior year of high school. Well, what happened? Well, I had a girlfriend that I was madly in love with, and she broke up with me. Looking back, I, I understand why. And it, it was because I was being an idiot, which, no shocker there. I was so horribly depressed. And I went on for like a month of just being depressed. And one day, I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done feeling this way. And then I picked up smoking weed, um, full on having sex outside of marriage before it was just you know a little bit of experimentation you know not actually having sex uh but that changed real fast and i i was being an idiot being a complete fool and for a time it made me feel better and at the time i didn't feel guilt or shame I also uh, experimented with the supernatural. I didn't mess with Ouija boards, that, that was a little too much for me. But I did experiment with, you know, meditation, astral projection. Uh, believe it or not, I successfully did it twice. Uh, the one time it was all for a split second. And, you know, it, it was just just that feeling of weight, of, weightlessness but then the second time again but believe me or not I literally fell through my bed which was insane crazy stuff well 
I've had the demonic realm mess with me so hard, so, so badly. And, and in the last episode, I, I spoke about how sometimes the demonic activity in our lives is what drives us to God. And in my case, that was what happened. And yes, that is exactly what happened. Uh, there were many times I'd wake up in the morning uh, covered in scratches, sometimes bruises, things like that. Horrific, horrible nightmares of just dark, dark, dark things. And... Over time, it, it just continued to get worse and worse and worse and worse. And, you know, it got to a point where I was starting to see, like, apparitions. And we'll get into the concept of what ghosts are and demons. And not getting full into detail there, but just so you guys know, there are no such thing as ghosts. Like, people who die and then stay here. Those, those don't exist. They are demons, fallen angels, who take on the visage of these people because they saw them, they're eternal beings, and they obviously are going to know things that were said and done by these people that you would say, well, it had to be grandma because she said X, Y, and Z, and she's the only one who knew that. Really? Yeah, no, that's not the case. So, I had all these really horrific things start to happen. And it got to a point where I started having this reoccurring dream uh, every night. And I, I won't call it a dream. It was, it was a night terror. And every single night for about a week and a half, I would be suspended in darkness. And I would have this thing. And I couldn't see it. It was just total darkness. And I had this thing grab my jaw and pull it one way until it broke and then I would feel every second of pain and then once what would be like endorphins would kick in to numb the pain it would heal instantly in place in that weird disfigured place and then it would push it in the opposite direction re-breaking it feeling the pain again healing it back in place and then pushing it again, and then over and over and over again. For the entire time that I slept, this is hours, hours of this. And I couldn't wake up, no matter, no matter how much I screamed in my mind. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't wake up. And I, and I would wake up eventually, covered, worse, worse than any time before, covered in cuts. My jaw was literally bruised and swollen every single day for a week and a half. And I would wake up exhausted like like I hadn't slept because guess what? I probably didn't. I, in reality, I didn't get any rest. And this went on for a week and a half straight. And then on that Wednesday morning, when I woke up, I immediately started crying, just sobbing. And I quite literally rolled, because I had no strength left, rolled out of bed, fell face first on the ground, like thunk, tears pouring out of my eyes. I said, God, Jesus, if you're real and what people say about you is true, that you love me, that you died for me, if you take this away from me, I'll believe in you. I'll believe 
that you're real and that you're God. And in that moment, in that instant, I felt this weight, this dark, oppressive weight lift off of me. And then that night and every night since then, I have not had that happen again. No more cuts on my body, no more bruises, no more horrific nightmares. Don't get me wrong, I'll still have a nightmare every now and then, it happens. But nothing like that night terror was and nothing like any other nightmare I had before that. And, and now they're very, very infrequent. I don't think personally I've had a, a nightmare in quite a long time. At that point, I, I didn't know what repentance was. And repentance, for those of you who don't know, isn't something that you pray for or about. You, sure, you can pray for the strength to repent and for God to bless you with the ability to repent, but repentance is an action. And what that action is, is stopping known sin in your life. So, sex outside of marriage, like I was doing, uh, doing drugs, which was what I was doing, cursing, having having thoughts of violence, or, or any, basically those things that I was doing as a, and again, as a lifestyle, right? I, I needed to repent of those things, but I didn't know what, what, what repentance even was. And so when I continued to do those things, I, for the first time, felt guilt and shame for these things. Now keep in mind, I didn't know this stuff. I, I, I didn't know. And I even, I, I even said, I was like, I literally did this yesterday. And I felt no, no, no problem in doing it. Why do I feel guilty about it now? Well, it's because God, I, I finally believed in Christ. I finally accepted Jesus Christ as God, as the savior of, of myself and all of humanity. And his spirit was convicting my spirit and being like, hey, uh, you don't need to be doing this anymore because you're mine now and you don't need to be doing this. Fast forward uh, several years, you know, literally after after college, being an idiot, still being an idiot, and, and really having having one foot in the world and one foot in 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 the things of God, and I was miserable for good reason because I when I was in when I was doing things in the world I was trying to talk to people about Jesus at the parties, doing drugs, and having sex, <laughs> and then when I tried going to church, I would be convicted because of the things I had done over the week. So I was miserable. I was completely miserable. And then one day I, I started, I started listening to these sermons. I had dropped out of college, you know, partied the whole, the whole thing away, uh, got massively into debt, had to move back home with mom and, you know, right back into being depressed and still, still, mind you, still struggling with suicide this whole time, this whole time, still struggling with all that and, and depression and everything. Well, I had gotten a job where I had the ability to have headphones in the entire day. I, did, I didn't have to listen to anyone for the most part. For about eight hours a day, five days a week, sometimes six days a week, I would be listening to sermons. Now, because I don't, the, the church that I had listened to these sermons 
they don't know that I'm talking about this. They don't know about my podcast, so forth. And I don't want to mention which church because they may not like the fact that I'm talking about them. I, you, you know what I mean? I, I just I just don't want that to happen until maybe I get a little bit more established and then I can talk to them about it and request, hey, is it okay if I drop your name on my podcast? They'll more than likely listen to it and see if that's if they want to be associated with my channel or with my podcast, which is totally fine and acceptable. I get that. So I started listening to this particular uh, uh, sermons from this particular pastor, and it was literally just going over the Bible line by line, verse by verse. Not And mind you, I am non-denominational. I probably should have started that with this, but I am non-denominational. I, I take I take the Bible as as literal, though there may be certain allegories or allegorical things that are used in the Bible. They have a literal meaning behind them. There is a literal thing when Jesus says, I am the door to life. I am the way to the Father. He's not literally saying that he is a door made out of wood with a doorknob. He is saying if there there is no other way to get to heaven but by going through me and what do we usually go through doors right okay that's been established so i started listening to these sermons and starting obviously in genesis and he didn't cover every single book in the bible in in this particular set but for the most part, it was all covered, for the most part. And I was listening to these every single day, and when I had finished, I restarted it and did it again. And this this went on for two years. I had listened, listened to sermons every single day. And what I liked about this particular pastor is that he, he talked about the science, he talked about the history, he talked about things that a lot of pastors these days are very uh, hesitant, to say the least, to talk about. Because society wants us to believe that science, history, and the Bible cannot, cannot agree and therefore cannot coincide together. That cannot be further from the truth in reality of what it is. Years of listening to these sermons, and, and mind you, I also listened to uh, the Bible while I was at work, so I... I went through the Bible, I think, mind you, listening to it, but I went through the Bible listening to it maybe two, three, four times, I, I would say two, two to four times. I, I listened to it through, all the way through, uh, over the course of those two years. And it wasn't until I had learned a specific thing that this pastor said, and he said, a lot of other pastors talk about repentance. Well, what is repentance? And my ears perked up and I was like, oh, here we go. Here we go. Because you, you hear this all the time. You have to believe in Jesus. You have to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and believe what he did on the cross and that he rose again three days later, that he's the son of God. And then the third thing, the third thing that you have to do is you have to repent of your sins. But of course, all the pastors that I had gone to and all the different churches that I had gone to were all talking, oh, well, you have to pray for repentance, period. Okay, well, what is repentance? Thankfully, 
this pastor know, knew what he was talking about and said to repent, you have to, you have to stop living the lifestyle of sin. Boom, finally the neurons connected. And from that point on, I did, I did my very best to not live in sin and have a lifestyle of sin. Did I still mess up? Of course I did. Did I still stumble? Of course I did. I'm human. I'm not perfect. We're, 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 we don't have perfection until heaven, okay? After I had, I had understood this, that's when things really, really started happening very quickly. Uh, even, even before then, when I had, when I, before the repentance part, when I had accepted God, at one point at a different church I had gone to, I had li literally God showed me a vision. And I think what he was doing was, is, is I had, I had done away with the, the demonic realm. I had, I had finally, I had finally been freed of the demonic realm. And then I believe God was showing me the opposite. What, what was now waiting for me instead of what was before. Now what was waiting for me was, was heaven. And I had no idea at the time, you know, I was very young in the faith. And even then I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing because I didn't know what repentance was. But even at that time, I wanted to know more about God. And I feel as though God was showing me this. Oh, okay. So, so I had no idea what heaven was supposed to look like. I didn't read this part in the Bible. I had never once read this in the Bible. And I saw a this vision at one point while while at a um, what what is called an afterglow some of you may know what that is really quickly an afterglow is basically when there's a, a, a lot of worship a time a time of worshiping God and, and and really like letting God be there with us and then giving him a moment to work through us in whatever gifts he may have blessed us with and Instead of doing it this way, the, the, the person leading this said, I want you to go ahead and think of something that you enjoy doing and imagine doing that thing with God. At the time, I had just gotten my driver's license, so I loved driving around. And I was like, well, I'm going to take a ride with God. So I'm driving around in this really nice car and God's riding shotgun. And we're just we're just driving uh, uh, through through the the wilderness i'll say i don't i don't want to give any kind of <laughs> okay we we were driving through the mountains and just just really really absorbing everything that god had made and just just taking delight in his creation and out of nowhere i just lost control of what I uh, what I was imagining and it transitioned from just imagining it to it being so vividly real it was like I was there and shortly after that transition and I in in my head I'm like wait what's happening right now there's this this clearing after making a turn and again mind you I have no control of what's happening I, I'm not controlling this and then I see it I I see the kingdom with the sea of glass and what what looked like a sun but it had this this bluish kind of glow to it like it wasn't like 
it wasn't like that that warm kind of like like reddish color of the sun the orangey reddish color it, it was just I don't, I don't know how to describe it I, I don't know it's like it wasn't just this white ball of light that you couldn't tell the rest of anything else around it because it was white and therefore illuminating the sky to make, make it white it had this bluish kind of hue to it i, I don't know why I, I again i know right i get it but that's what i saw and then i saw the kingdom and just I, I had no idea. And then I saw that, I snapped out of it. And blew me away. Absolutely blew me away. And like a dummy, I kept I kept doing those things. Again, this is this was years before I had really come to Christ and repented. And I don't really necessarily understand all of that, to be completely honest. But then again, uh, Paul being Paul, before he became Paul the Apostle, you know, he was horribly persecuting the Christians, and yet Jesus showed him a vision and and presented himself to him and all these other things. So it's not like God can't speak to you when you don't know him or if you're not where you need to be. God, God can still speak to you in whatever way he, he wishes to speak to you. And, and obviously it's going to be the best way to speak to you. I start, so back to what I was talking about, these sermons and everything. So I started listening to these sermons every single day for two years. That's all I listened to. And just really absorbing the information, really understanding as much as I could, both scripturally, scientifically, historically, what the Bible says and that it is true. So afterwards... I tried, to, I tried to find some way to talk about God, to serve Him, to, to do something, and I really couldn't figure out what I was supposed to do. I can talk for a long time, kind of why I'm here right now, but people tend to not like to be spoken to. Okay, I take that, like, not spoken to, but, but talked at. They, for the most part, don't, especially when it's a face-to-face -face conversation, unless you're going to like a lecture, uh, people don't like to get lectured. They, they really don't, especially when it's not in the proper setting. Hence why I'm doing this. I figured this is probably the best platform to, even, even if three people really listen to this and, and follow what I have to say and are continuously uh, listening to my episodes, that's all that matters. Even even if a few people are listening, that's fine. I, I don't, I'm not doing this to get famous. I'm not doing this to make money. It, it, would that be awesome if God blessed me with enough, with enough money to where I can do this full time? Yeah, of course, that would be, that would be amazing. I would love that to happen. But if that doesn't happen, is that okay? Yeah, of course. If, if I don't become a, a, a multi-millionaire, like some of these YouTubers, if that doesn't happen, is, is that okay? Yeah, I, I, I'm not in it. I'm not in it to make money. I, I just, I want you guys to understand and to, to know what the Bible says and instead of what the world says that the Bible says. I cannot tell you how many times I have heard these ridiculous things from Christians, from non-Christians, like people who have 
who believe in other religions and, and other different uh, practices of spirituality and all the way to just straight up atheists, people who don't believe in anything. The ridiculousness and the absurdity in what they say about what who God is and what he is and just the lack of knowledge is astounding. So I wanted to make a platform where you guys can come and listen and get more of a easy, simple understanding and clarification of what the Bible says about everything. One of the biggest misconceptions, and I'm leading this into the next episode, one of the biggest misconceptions is that evolution is what created everything. That, that is not the truth. And I'm sure some of you are scratching your head like, what do you mean? That's what we've been taught since we were kids. We're, we will get into all of that. Trust me. I, I believed the same thing for a long time. When I, when, when I did finally become a Christian, before I listened to these sermons, before I understood, I was under the impression that God, God used evolution in order to make everything and that is known as a theistic evolution theistic being god theo being god evolution being evolution so i believe that that's that's what i believe and there are many there are many christians who believe that because it is for at the time for me and for many it is too difficult to think that everything was created in seven days and especially when you have a scientific community a scientific community, not the scientific community, because there are many, many scientists now that through science are dis, they are disproving evolutionary theory. They'll even admit, hey, we don't know what really happened. We're not saying it was creation, that God created everything. But scientifically, it is absurd to believe that evolution is what created everything it, 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 that scientifically couldn't happen. So don't think that this is just like a, oh, well, obviously he's going to think that because he's, he's a Christian. No, I didn't think that for a long time. I'm very scientifically inclined. I love science. But after, after understanding this, literally the first day, the first day I heard this, I was done. I was like, God created everything in seven days. Well, really, he created everything in six, and then on the seventh day, he rested. But nonetheless, he created everything in days, not millions of years. And I thought at the time it was, you know, the first day was a million years, the second day was a million years, so on and so on and so on. Again, we will get into that. We will get into more depth later on. So where am I at now? Well, currently, I am still trying to figure all of this out. I really believe that this could potentially be my calling in life. I'm not a pastor. I'm not educated in the sense of I have a little piece of paper that says, oh, look at me. I'm qualified by men to talk about this. Um, let's be real here. You don't have to be qualified by men to talk about God. You have to be qualified by God in order to talk about God. Let's just, let's just get that blatantly clear. Okay. And for any of you who are listening to this right now, who are afraid to step out and talk to that one educated person who maybe has a degree and blah, 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 blah. But you feel like you can't talk to this person because, oh, well, I don't have a theology degree. Okay, neither did Peter, neither did Mark, neither did Matthew, neither did Luke, neither did John. 
the only the only of the 12 disciples that were actually educated officially at the time was called the law or Moses the law Moses and the prophets was Paul Paul was the Paul was the only one who was actually educated in those things he was a Pharisee of Pharisees he sat at the feet of Gamaliel and was taught by him the the Pharisee of Pharisees before he earned that title John the only other one that had the only other one that had education was John but John wasn't educated in the things of scripture he was educated as a doctor he was educated in the things of the medical field John was a doctor now not John the Baptist I'm talking about the 12 okay he, he was a doctor so the only two educated men was John and Paul and John wasn't even educated in the things of the Bible or at the time the things of the scripture so to say to say that you have you have to be officially educated and recognized by men in order to talk about God is absurdity God is the one who qualifies okay not men now does does it hurt to get that to be educated in these things no of course not if if you if I had the money I'd go ahead and do it myself but I don't have the money to do that. So I went ahead and did it what pretty much a lot of people are doing nowadays, which is they're learning from the internet. They're they're going online and, and they're they're finding these things to study and look into and, and, and research and all these other different things. It's a wonderful thing, the internet, but it can also be a horrible thing, the internet. So I may not be officially educated, but I will say that I do know something. I'm not uneducated in this field. And I will never, ever, 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 ever imply that I know more than anyone else or that I know everything about God and I don't, I don't need to learn anything new. That statement alone is just silly to even say that I know more than, more than anyone else about Jesus and about God and I understand entirely about God. No. Do I have a better understanding than those who have never once picked up their Bible? Objectively, yes. I, 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 that's not being boastful. That's not being prideful. I mean, that's just, that, that is an objective observation. So don't think that you need to have an, a, a formal education in order to do anything like this, okay? God is the one who qualifies. He qualifies the call. Okay, he calls you to it, and then he qualifies you for it through your life, through what you've been through, through what you're going through. So why am I doing this? Well, I've said it before. I want to inform you guys. I, I want to tell you the truth. Okay, well, what is truth? Certain, certain somebody said that, for those of you who know. Well, Jesus is truth. And some of you are like, well, yeah, of course he's going to say that. What's your truth? That everything just happened out of nowhere? That in in nothing, everything was created? That the gods were battling in in the the ether before anything was formed, and, and that because of their great battle, everything was formed. Okay, yeah, that nah. <laughs> I I'm sorry, like there that I just I see no truth in that. And again, 
That's why we're talking about these things, because I want I want to show you that there is truth in these words, not my words, not the words of man, not not the words of the of, of the official, uh, you know, pope or whatever, which we'll talk about him in the future. Not not a specific pope, but the papacy itself. We'll talk about that. OK, but the whole reason is to clarify and talk about these issues and talk about things like, if God is a God of love, why, why did he tell the, the children of Israel to wipe out the Amalekites and all these other different people groups? That's, that's, that's one that people like to talk about and try to, you know, throw God under the bus, so to speak, and be like, oh, if you're such a God of love, why did you do this? We're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about what people try to say in, in justification of really humanizing the miracles of God. We're going to talk about things like what what does God say about divorce? What what are you supposed to do when when you want to have a divorce? What is it to love? What is love? A big one and this is this is something that not not just Catholics uh, but you know a lot uh, pretty much everyone uh, will agree together that if you're a good person, if your good outweighs your bad, then you're then God just kind of pats you on the head and lets you go to heaven. I'm I'm sorry to break this to you. That's that's not the truth. Jesus himself said, "There is not one good man, no not one." Jesus said that. Okay? So, in that line of logic, if there if God is saying there is not one good man in the sense of being good that leads unto heaven, then that throws all those arguments out the window because you can't just be good because you have all of this darkness, all of this evil, all of this sin that needs to be paid for. And if if you're not going to let Jesus pay for it, which he's paying it for you, you just have to accept it. If, if, if you don't let him take it, then you have to pay for it. It's that simple. You have a debt. You have to pay it. If you're not willing to let someone else pay it, i.e. Jesus, uh, you're stuck with it. And let me tell you, uh, the payments... Hell, literally, literally, the payment is hell. That is, that is what you do. And you're not deserving, you, you are, you, I, I am not deserving of heaven. Okay, I am not deserving of it. I'm not. What I deserve is eternal condemnation and separation from Christ. To be cast into everlasting darkness and fire. That's what I deserve. And I didn't kill anybody. I didn't rape anybody. I didn't. I didn't beat the living daylights out of somebody, and and violence and everything else. But I still deserve that, because I have sin. So, lots of things to talk about. Lots of things that we're gonna be going over. If you guys have any questions, please feel free to go ahead and contact me either on Twitter or Instagram. My Twitter handle is at Babylon underscore Babel. And my Instagram is Babylon with Babel. So if you guys have any questions, prayer requests, 
anything along those lines, please feel free to go ahead and contact me on there. If you guys want to let other people know about my podcast and what I do and what I talk about, feel free to go ahead and guide them to my Twitter and my Instagram, which also has the main link to my platform that has all the different links to my Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you name it, has all that on there. So thank you guys. Thank you so much for listening. I really, really hope that I came across more of who I am, what I'm about, that I'm, I'm not trying. And again, you know, you, you can believe me or not, but I, I'm genuinely trying to do this, not to get paid, not to get famous. I mean, that's why I didn't post my name. You know, it's it, my, my, my channel says by EHM or M, right? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in it to make money, guys. I just feel like, especially, especially with everything that's going on right now, the truth needs to be spoken about more than ever. But one thing that I, f I forgot to mention, and I'll mention it now, is I have a huge fire in my heart for eschatology. Babel, what's eschatology? Well, thank you for asking. Eschatology is basically the study of prophecy in the Bible. And I, I love, 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 love prophecy in the Bible. Love it. Not only, not only the prophecy that it talks about in the Old Testament, that things came to pass throughout the Old Testament, leading into the New Testament, and then the things that are, are happening today. By the way, you guys are living in living in the Bible today, by the way. Uh, Revelation talks about us. It's pretty pretty wild. And again, we'll, we'll, we'll dive more into that. And I will probably make a huge series like only talking about prophecy and eschatology and Revelation and Daniel and, and, and all, all the other books that, that, that specifically talk about prophecy. I hope that you guys are having a great day, a great week. If you guys have any prayer requests, please go ahead, request them, message me, stay strong, be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. I love you guys, be safe out there, wear your mask. I know it's controversial, but hey, I haven't gotten sick and I always get sick around this time and I haven't gotten sick yet, so something to it. But, and actually, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead, I'm gonna try, I'm gonna try to go ahead and, and do uh, something I haven't done before. We're going to close this out with prayer. Thank you, Lord, for giving me the words to say. I pray that you would not only fill me with the Holy Spirit, but fill my listeners with the Holy Spirit. Bless them, Father. Lift them up. Give them strength. Protect them, Father. I pray that you would open their minds, open their hearts, and open their eyes, Father, to what you have to say, to show us, and what, what you have in our lives, Father. And we pray this in your holy name. Amen. Thank you guys. God bless. Have a good night.